The following audio has been brought to you by Word of Grace Community Church. For more information about Word of Grace, visit wogcc.com. This is the second message in a series that we just kicked off last week called Confessions of a Pastor, real scandalous title there. So if you're a note taker, you can write this down. You can write down The Power of the Other. That's the title of my message this morning, and it's also the title of a really good book by Dr. Henry Cloud. If you're a reader, and I hope that you are, I would encourage you to write that down, The Power of the Other by Dr. Henry Cloud. I'm not preaching his book by no uh, stretch today, but there are some ideas in that book about the power of connection that definitely inspired uh, me, and I want to share some of those things with you. But uh, Dr. Henry Cloud is one of the speakers that uh, I heard speak at the Global Leadership Summit last year at Willow Creek, and we went to a training event where we had a private session with Dr. Henry Cloud, and he shared uh, talking about the power of relationship and the power of connections. And I'm going to share some of those things from that perspective that I learned, but the main confession that I want to make today that I really want to really hone in on is that I cannot do this on my own. I can't do this by myself. And first off, I'm going to kick this off by saying that my wife is absolutely amazing, and the job that she's been given by God of putting up with me is more than any human being should have to endure in this lifetime. Because sometimes, I'm just going to be honest, I allow things to affect me. I allow stuff to worry me. Or I'll get real worried about something more than I should be. And she's been faithful for almost 16 years of listening to me whine or needing to talk me down from getting emotionally irrational. And she's done it over and over and over again. Or she'll encourage me when, when I get low. Listen, you wouldn't have Pastor Derek without Holly Armstrong. And that's the truth. And I'm not just saying that because it's a nice thing to say, because I want you to go tell my wife what I said. But I say that because I absolutely mean that, because she has encouraged me and kept me plugged into who I'm called to be during times when I would get really low and discouraged and down or worried or anxious. There's so many times that I've gotten worked up that she would just listen, or she would just give me space to process or maybe she would just tolerate you know, some of my actions or tolerate some of my reactions. But there's one thing that she's always done that I've always appreciated about my wife, and that's that she's always told me the truth, always. If you know my wife, you know that she's a very honest person, and she's going to tell you what she thinks. And we've always had honesty in our marriage, and that's the one thing that I think has really held our marriage together through the good times and the bad, is the fact that we started our marriage off just being honest, that there were no secrets, there's nothing hidden, there's no hidden struggle, there's no hidden temptation, there's no hidden uh, feelings towards something, that we're dishonest with each other, that we let each other know right where we're at and what we're struggling with and what we're going through. And I think that the power of that connection has helped her to grow and helped me to grow because she's not always right either and she's not always perfect. But together we're helping one another grow. Together we're helping one another to be better spouses. We're helping one another to grow to be better parents, to be better church leaders, to be better friends, to be better household managers, to be better financial managers, to be better communicators. We're spurring one another on to grow and we are better together and we have something special. And I believe that that is one of those strong keys to maximizing any relationship that we have. And I believe that that is honesty. I found this quote on honesty from a guy, I don't know who he is, his name's Noel Coward, but the quote was fantastic. It says this, 
It's discouraging to think how many people are shocked by honesty and how few by deceit. So many of us, when we hear something that is the truth, we go, but yet we're not shocked as much by deceit because we hear it so much and we don't realize that we even hear it. Because social media, I think, gives us an avenue nowadays to really create whatever world we want people to see. We can really create whatever world we want to create. We can convince anyone just about of anything if they don't really know us that well. And maybe even some of the people that are closest to us, we can still prop up this fake set of a world that we've created that we make people think that things are going really well. We can make people think that we're uh, doing really strong and really well and really great in our marriage. We post all these pictures and we put all these great things about our spouse, but internally there's really a lot of problems going on and behind the scenes there's a lot of issues that are left unresolved. We can post pictures about us playing with our kids, hanging out with our kids, but yet there's tension and there's unhealthy disconnect in those relationships. We can put pictures of ourselves going and buying things at the store, going out to nice restaurants and be broke as a joke and struggling financially. But no one else would know about it, not even those closest to us, because we can prop up this fake world so well. And we've done it before social media, but social media just gives us a bigger audience to prop up things to, to make them think everything's great. And it's a false reality. It's not real. It's a lie. And we want to convince other people of it because it makes us feel like we're not failing. Because we feel like because all these other people's lives look so well and look so good, they must not be failing. And I want to make sure that my life isn't failing and I'm not struggling. So I got to make them think the same thing. But the problem is, is that the person you're trying to convince you have no problems, they're trying to convince you they have no problems. And everyone's trying to convince everyone, and nobody's being real, and nobody's being authentic. And because no one's being real and no one's being authentic, then what happens is no one really gets help. No one really gets the help that they truly need. Because how many times have we seen this situation play itself out over and over again? Something happens in someone's marriage, or someone has some type of financial crisis, and everyone goes, What in the world? I didn't even see that coming. They always seem to have the perfect marriage. They always seem to just always be enjoying one another. They just always seem to just be able to live pretty financially stable. I mean, they drive nice cars, wear nice clothes, have nice things, live in a nice home. I I didn't even see that coming. What in the world? Even those that may be closest to them are just shocked when there is a fall that happens in a relationship or in a person's life that we thought their life was perfect. The other problem that we have in relationships is that we'll begin to compare ourselves to other people. And well, at least my life isn't as bad as so-and-so's. And we try to outdo one another with this kind of one-upsmanship in order to place ourselves in some sort of position of feeling secure and like we're the alpha dog or feeling like we're kind of, you know, ahead. Or maybe you're the type of person that is struggling now in life because you feel that because of your age, that you should be further along in life than you are. You know, I shouldn't be dealing with some of the things I'm dealing with. And maybe you're hanging around people that aren't having to deal with some of the things you're having to deal with. Maybe your children are younger, or maybe you have more children than some of your friends, or maybe your relationships are, 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 haven't always gone perfect. It seems like everyone else has a perfect life except for you, and you're somehow playing catch-up, and you're behind. And it seems like, man, things just aren't going well in my life. And so the need to prop up this fake world, the pressure to want to make everyone think that things are going a certain way when in reality they are not, that is a dangerous thing to do, but it's so easy to do in our world. And we never will move past 
the true help that we need and growth that God truly wants us to experience and freedom and joy that God wants us to experience until we get to a place where we'll just be honest, where we can be real with someone. It doesn't mean you have to go and tell everybody on planet Earth your business, but you've got to be real with somebody, amen? If you're married, you need to be able to be real with your spouse, amen? You need to be able to have that type of transparency because the longer that you delay being transparent, the harder it's going to be once the things that are done in secret are brought to the light or the things that you've been struggling with or the disconnection that's been present that hasn't been addressed. When it finally comes to a head and it has to be addressed and it will have to be addressed at some point, it's going to be more difficult. Not impossible, but it will be more difficult. You know, my dad said this, and, and I love my dad uh, because of what God done, has done in his life. He, he's just such a wonderful testimony of God's grace and God's goodness. But he said this. He said, we need to see ourselves for who we truly are. And I love that quote, and, and I, I, I just stick with it all the time, mainly because my dad said it, and I've seen it, and I've seen him experience it. My dad, for the longest time, was trying to prop up a world of everything is okay. He was on the worship team at church. He taught Sunday school. And there were times where things were okay, but there was a lot of internal struggle that nobody knew about. And then when that internal struggle finally came out and it hit the fan, then all of a sudden there was nowhere to hide. And because he was caught and he was found out, he decided just to dive into it and give himself completely over to it because, oh, well, cat's out of the bag. Might as well just do whatever I really wanted to do anyway instead of trying to prop this world up. Because what dad was trying to do is what so many of us tried to do. And I've tried to do it and you've tried to do it. We'll try to hide behind the image of things being okay when they're not in order to try to give ourselves some margin to fix what's wrong in our life so we can catch up to this false perception that we've created. We're trying to make the false perception we've created reality in our lives and we give ourselves some margin and we, we isolate. We don't want to talk to anybody about our struggles. We don't want to talk to anybody about what we're really dealing with. Instead, we're going to try to handle it by ourselves, but I want to keep you thinking that everything is okay, so I'm going to keep you at distance so you'll think everything is okay while I work on myself so who I really am can catch up with who you think I am. I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. That's okay. But we keep this perception out there and we're trying to play catch up because we want to keep the perception out there because we don't want you to think any less of us. We don't want to open our chest and share our struggles and share our pain and share our temptations and share our struggles. We want to keep you thinking everything's okay, but in the meantime, it gives me a little bit of space to work on me. And if I can get who I really am to catch up with the, who you think I am, then I'll be okay. And we spend the rest of our lives caught in this cycle and this trap of trying to catch up with our false perception we've created about ourselves. And in the meantime, we're tempted to just go, oh, well, I guess that I'm okay because at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so, or my life isn't as messed up as so-and-so. And we'll drop our guard for a second, thinking maybe I'm okay. Maybe it's not as bad. And the enemy loves to do this. The enemy loves to make you think and feel like you're the only one who is struggling with what you're struggling with. That's one of his biggest traps. One of his biggest tricks is isolation. If he can get you to isolate, to begin to think you're the only one struggling, oh man, what a great place for the enemy to have you in, to make you think you can't talk to anybody about that. Because if they knew what you really thought or what you really struggled with or what you were really going through, oh man, they wouldn't want to be around you. And this fear of rejection keeps me isolating myself, but yet it keeps me still propping up this false perception out in the public to everyone else. 
instead of reaching out for help to other people because there's power in connection. There's power in relationship. And the enemy knows that. He knows there's power when two people, a husband and wife, are able to be honest and connect with one another in a real way. He knows there's power in that. That's why he attacks marriages so much. Because he knows that your spouse is going to help you grow and you're going to help your spouse grow and that you're going to be more dynamic for the kingdom of God than you could ever be if you were apart. But he makes you think that if you're apart, it's going to be better. And he tries to whisper these lies into your ear to make you think that, oh, it's going to be better over here. It's going to be better over there. You see your friends, they get to go out and do all this stuff. You get to see other people getting to hang out and do all these other things. You begin to get jealous, thinking their life must be so much better than mine because I know the reality of my situation, but I want them to think that I'm okay too. And it's such a wicked thing that the enemy does when he tries to get us to isolate and to feel like we're the only ones struggling with what we're struggling with. And we never are real with ourselves. But we have to see ourselves for who we truly are. And Dad said, you know, Derek, the thing that helped me was when I got down to a low breaking point in my life. To where all the help that people tried to reach out and extend, all the help I rejected, all the relationships that I burned, all the people that I said no to for years and years and years as he began to explore and dive deeper into his sin, it began to isolate him more and more and more and more and more. He said he finally got down to a place where he didn't have anything left except a few bottles of vodka and he would wake, he'd wake up from a drunken state and drink himself silly till he passed out and then wake up and do the same thing over and over again. He said, and then he ran out of booze and ran out of money. And he said, I had to see myself for who I truly was. He said, and in that moment, I did. He said, and it broke me. He said, and I reached out for help. He could have reached out for help at any time, but he had to see himself for who he really was. Instead of this false perception of at least I'm doing a better job than my dad. At least I'm doing a better job. My kids are okay at least. I know that. Everything will be okay. And just floating along this perception that I'm okay. And whenever he would come around, he would act like everything was okay. And we knew it wasn't okay. But we do the same thing. And for us to find healing, we have to see ourselves for who we truly are. Go to the book of James if you have your Bible with you this morning. James, first chapter. We're going to read James 1, 19 through verse 25. The book of James, verse 19 through verse 25. This is what James says. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away at once, and he forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and preserves, uh, or, or, and perseveres, rather, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he'll be blessed in his doing. Here James says that a person that just hears the truth, but doesn't actually apply the truth. It's like a person that looks in a mirror and turns away and forgets what they look like. Now, you got ready for church this morning, and you probably looked in a mirror. And if you felt good about what you saw in the mirror, you go, yeah, looking good today. Maybe you even came to church, and in the glass of the windows of the church, you caught your reflection, and you checked yourself out again. Still looking good. And then you went into the restroom, and you looked at yourself again, still looking good. Because if you like what you see when the mirror's in front of you, you're going to take another look. But if you don't like what you see, you're going to go, ugh, I don't even want to see myself. 
And you're not going to go hunting another mirror because you don't want to remember what you look like. And here, James says that a person who just hears the word and doesn't do what it says is like that person who goes and sees their reflection and wants to immediately walk away and forget what they look like. The mirror that's held up is the word of God. Often when you even come to church on a Sunday and the mirror will be held up to where that reflection is seen and the conviction of the Holy Spirit hits and you go, oh man, oh, I don't want to see that. I don't want to deal with that. Oh, what does Pastor Derek have my phone bugged? Does he have cameras in my house? How does he know that I'm dealing with this and struggling with this? Oh my goodness. Oh, oh I got to do something about this. And then you go, got to get out of church. Don't want to think about that. Let me go uh, binge watch some TV or let me go hang out with some friends. Let me forget about it because I don't want to deal with it. That's the type of person James is talking about. And we've all been that person. I've been that person. Where we see something in that reflection and we go, ooh, don't like it. Don't want to deal with it. I want to forget about it as quickly as possible because that means I'm going to have to take responsibility to actually do something differently and see change in my life. And I don't want to deal with that. But listen, no one is going to grow into the full potential of who God has made them to be without honest, real authentic relationships. I'm not talking about people being rude to you. I'm talking about people who will be honest with you, who will help you to see things in your life, and that don't just help you to see things in your life that you need to grow in and change in, but are willing to help you to grow and to help walk alongside you and to help you to see those changes and to help you see that freedom. You remember what, what God said in the book of Genesis. Everything was good in the first chapter of Genesis until God saw man alone, then the first thing that was ever recorded in history that God said wasn't good was that man was alone. He created us not just only to be connected with him, but to be connected to one another. That's why he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. I want there to be more connections where people can connect with each other because they're going to need one another. Because iron is going to need to sharpen iron, just like one man's countenance is supposed to sharpen another one. These relationships, these connections are given by God as a way to help us to grow and to be challenged and to be sharpened into the person that he has called us to be. Proverbs 27 and 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Now, the writer of Proverbs says this because he wants us to know that we don't need to surround ourselves just with people who tell us what we want to hear all the time. Amen? That someone who's going to be honest with me, someone who's going to, to share truth with me, even if it's hard truth, that it is actually a faithful friend that actually cares about me. Because I can't always see myself or who I truly am if I'm always going to be walking away from the mirror. Sometimes we think that if we can fool enough people to think we have a great marriage because we know how to put a picture on Facebook or a scripture on Facebook, that maybe that things aren't as bad as we think. Maybe we think sometimes if we can fool enough people to think we're following hard after God, that we're spending a lot of time with our kids or that we're successful than we really are, but we're lying to ourselves and we're lying to other people. And listen, if you're always running from facing the truth, then you're hindering your growth. And you know what you're doing? You're, in, you're delaying the inevitable. If you're always running away from truth, every time it's brought to your face, whether it's by a spouse, whether it's by a friend, whether it's by the Holy Spirit of God, every time you run away from it, you're just delaying the inevitable and you're hindering your own progress and your own growth. Luke 8 and 17, Jesus said this, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come 
to light. Jesus said, listen, it, it may be delayed for a little while. You may be putting some distance and buying yourself some time, but everything that's done, that's hidden, it's going to be brought to the light at some point. And why not grow and find freedom in that? Why don't you find freedom from that addiction, freedom from that habit, freedom from seeing yourself that way, freedom from the lies that the enemy has tried to get you to isolate yourself, that has put this pressure on you to build this false world and this false narrative of how things really are in your life. And instead, be real with somebody and grow. Open your chest up, open your heart up to someone and allow yourself to grow. So this begs the question, who can you be honest with? Who can you be honest with? Because if you want to have a strong marriage, then you have to invest in honesty with your spouse now. If you want to grow in your walk with God, you have to find people that you can trust that are for you that want to see you grow and invest in those relationships and be honest with someone about where you're at. Because, listen, folks, <laughs> the longer we delay this, the harder it will become. Not impossible by no means. So don't feel like because you've delayed being honest that it's impossible for you to ever truly find freedom. No, that's not the case. That would be a lie from the enemy that it was impossible because with God all things are possible. But it does make it more difficult when we delay this stuff for a long time. It, it makes it more difficult when we haven't had that conversation with our spouse about how we feel about certain things in our relationship how maybe perhaps we have felt neglected or maybe we are frustrated about something and we just keep sweeping it under the rug to try to keep the peace. And we just kind of sweep it under the rug because I don't want to deal with it because I don't want to be honest about what's going on. And then all of a sudden, we begin to harbor up bitterness. We begin to harbor up unforgiveness. We begin to harbor up maybe even jealousy over the life that our spouse gets to live maybe because of their work situation versus the way we have to live and the things we have to do. And maybe you begin to open up your heart to things that the enemy begins, begins to whisper these lies because we're just not being honest. This can happen in family relationships. It can happen in relationships with moms and dads. And it can happen in relationships with brothers and sisters. It can happen in relationships with coworkers and with your boss. The longer that this thing goes on, man, when it comes to a head and what's done in secret is brought to the light, that's going to be more painful and it's going to hurt a lot more people. So it's better to be honest now. Ephesians 4 and 15 says to speak the truth in love that you may grow up into all things, which is the head, Christ. Speak the truth in love now. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul begins to lay out this idea of this relationship that we need. Because in Galatians 6, the Apostle Paul says that you who think you are spiritual need to restore someone who has fallen, need to restore someone who is struggling. You who think you are spiritual need to extend that hand of mercy and grace to restore instead of condemn because that's part of our walk with God. We freely receive grace, so we, we freely give it. And then he says in the very next verse, to bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. If you think you're spiritual, then you need to be restoring people. And you need to be bearing one another's burdens. Because that's what we're supposed to do to help one another to grow. Because God wants you healed. God wants you restored. God wants you free. And you need other people in your life who care about you and genuinely want what's best for you. 
You know there's relationships in our life where people are only interested in what they can get from us. Their relationship is strictly contingent upon if. And what I mean is I will continue to have a relationship with you as long as you do what I want if my conditions are met. If you keep giving me this money, if you keep allowing me to do this in your life, or if you continue to have this door open and then I will continue to be your friend or your spouse or whatever the case may be. And some people, they have those if relationships. Those people are only interested in what they can get from you. And it's, they're in the relationship for what they get out of it. I'm not talking about opening up your chest to those kind of people. I'm talking about opening up your chest to people who are for you. You understand what I'm saying this morning? I'm talking about people that are for you. They are for you whether they get something from you or not. They are for you because they care about you. They care about you because they love you. They are committed to you. They're your friend. They're your spouse, whoever it may be, someone that is committed to see you grow, to see you succeed. Even if you hurt them, they're still for you. Even if you disappoint them, they are for you. I have to have those people in my life. Because when you're in the type of role I am, people want to put you up on a pedestal and think your life is perfect and everything's great. And sometimes things are great and things feel like they're perfect, but there's a lot of times they're not, folks. And some people put you up on a pedestal and when you open up your chest and you share with them your struggle, you share with them things that you're dealing with, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I didn't know you thought that way. Oh my goodness, are you even a Christian? I didn't know that you were... You were tempted in that way, or I didn't know that you did this or did that. Oh, my goodness. And then all of a sudden, when those worlds come crashing down, people, they, they can't handle it. So when I look for people that I want to open my chest up to, and I want to invest in a real deep relationship where they can help me and sharpen me, I look for people who care about me, not just what they can get from me. I look for people who are for me. And that may mean that they're not really all that impressed with me. And that's okay. Because I don't need people to be impressed with me. I need people who care about me. Amen? Amen. Oh, you're so good at this or you're so good at that. Oh, I, I, I want to be around you because I remember hanging out with kids in school just because they had a four-wheeler. I didn't have a four-wheeler growing up. The cool kids had four-wheelers because we lived out where there were a lot of woods. And I was friends with some kids just so I could use a four-wheeler. Didn't even like them all that well. They had a cool toy to play with, right? And some people still do that even in adulthood with relationships. They want to hang out with you because of some access you get them or because uh, of what you can do for them. And there will be those relationships in life. doesn't mean those people are always bad. It just means those aren't the people I open up my heart to. People I can't just be 100% authentic and real with and say, hey, this is where I'm at, what I'm struggling with. So those people, they're not for me. They're, they're, I'll, I'll wreck their world. I need relationships in my life that are going to help me to grow, that are going to help me to be sharpened because who you hang around and who you surround yourself with is truly who's going to help you to truly grow or that's going to keep you hindered from growing or that maybe even set you back to where you're actually going backwards because we weren't made to do this alone, amen? I intentionally spend time with people that I admire, people that I can be real with. Um, I intentionally spend time with people that are further down the road than me in life, both in age and experience. And, and some of the people I hang out with are younger than me, but they're just better at certain things in life than I am. They're stronger in certain things, even though they're younger than me. So I, I hang out with younger people than me and some older people intentionally. 
that I want to learn certain things from because I still have a long way to go and I want to continue to grow. I want to hang out with people that want to grow. Amen? I want to hang out with people that aren't just going to just live for self, but people that are actually going to live for a purpose and that want to grow. I want to hang out with those type of people. So I look for those people and I engage them. There's a guy in this church that I hang out with, and I hang out with him once a month, and we always have coffee. It's a standing coffee appointment, the first Wednesday of every month. And I hang out with this guy, and he's in his uh, later 60s, and I just really respected this guy. And I went up to him one Sunday, and I said, I want to hang out with you. And he said, okay. And he said, I want to hang out with you too. And I said, can we have coffee next week? Yeah, let's do it. And we've been having coffee ever since. That was two years ago. I hang out with this guy because, and I, I can go and say, hey, I'm struggling with this financial issue. Like, like, what should I do here? I'll go to him for advice. Or he'll say, hey, how, how are you and your wife doing? You have, when's the last time you took your wife out on a date? Or what, are, are you playing with your kids? You know, time goes by so fast, you know, and I don't know how many years I have left on this earth. You need to make sure you're using time wisely. He says that kind of stuff to me. And he challenges me, and he's not afraid to challenge me. He's not impressed with me. He's not, oh, I can't talk to the pastor that way. I've given this guy permission to talk to me that way. I need those relationships. Need those friendships. I even have some friends, man, that, that challenge me. People that surround myself with that I can be honest with when I may be struggling or maybe weak or frustrated or discouraged. Because isolation is the enemy's biggest trap. You guys have seen Animal Planet. <laughs> the lion, he doesn't go after the big group, does he? What does he do? You always see him on the, uh, the, on all those little animal shows. You see the herd of wildebeest running, and then one of them goes, oh, that's a pretty flower. I like that flower. And the lion takes him down because he's, he broke from the group. He thought, oh, I'll be okay by myself. I don't need anyone else. The Bible says that the enemy, he is going prowling to and fro. He's like a, he's like a lion that's looking for whom he may devour. And he's looking for someone who he can get them to isolate. He's looking for someone who he can get mad at the pastor and at the church and go isolate. Say, I'm, not, I'm done with church. I don't need church anymore. I don't need Christian community. I can do this God thing by myself. And then they go isolate themselves and they become prey for the enemy. And then, they, then they're sitting isolated in their house, mad at God and mad at the world. Mad at churches and mad at all these other people. And he'll begin to whisper a little lie in your ear. You know, they really don't care about you there. You really don't matter there. You know, it's your, you, it, it, they, they really don't. And you go, oh, well, I guess they don't. And then you begin to isolate from the pack, and the enemy loves to come and just devour. And he does it with lies because he's the father of lies, right? You know, your neighbor, they sure do have a lot better marriage than you do. You must be doing something wrong. You know what? you would probably be better off by yourself. And you begin to believe this lie and you begin to distance yourself from everyone. What are you doing? What's going on? You disconnect, you distance yourself. And the enemy's praying. He's waiting for you to get alone and isolated. You don't need to share that with someone else. You can handle that on your own. Just make everybody else think everything's okay. You'll figure it out. You'll get there. You can do it. You can quit anytime. You can quit that anytime. Not a big deal. You can do it. You don't have to talk to anybody about it. You don't have to open your chest up. You can quit that anytime. Okay, I can. I can quit any time. But then something stressful happens in your life and you go right back to the bottle or you go right back to the pills or you go right back to the pornography. You go right back to the 
other relationship that you think is going to satisfy, or something looks more appealing or more attractive over here, you begin to say, man, everybody else looks like they're having a good time. I'm left out. You begin to feel sorry for yourself, and you begin to drift over into things that you never thought you would do. That's how it always happens. It's always just a slow little decision-making because we begin to believe a lie. And if the enemy can isolate us, man, he's like that lion knows he's not going to attack that herd. He's not going to attack that strong pack. He's going to go after that one he can get to isolate. And I'm, I'm blessed with a strong woman in my life who has helped me grow. If you know my wife, she is a very strong woman, and uh, God has made her that way, and part of the, the, the path that we've been on in life has probably helped to make her that way too, and I know I have helped her to grow in her struggles. Because as great and strong as she is, she still has her weaknesses and her flaws. And she's grown too because of my relationship with her. We're not perfect. We don't have the perfect marriage. We don't have perfect kids. And I am not the perfect pastor. But we have honesty. And honesty and transparency in our life has been one of the biggest assets to having a strong marriage that has helped us to grow. Having friends in my life that I have, that I can be honest and transparent with, that will listen to me and help me through good times and bad because they're for me. Those relationships are the ones that help me grow because I can't do this alone. Are you hearing me this morning? I can't do this on my own. I am not a superhuman and I'm not special because I get to be on this stage teaching you. I need accountability just like everyone else. I need people I can be honest with. I need my wife being that strongest relationship that I have, as it should be. But I need other people as well. You'll never stop needing people you can open your chest up to because you're facing some things right now that you've been hiding from, and God wants you free from that stuff. But that's why he says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Amen, somebody? Here's the truth that's going to set you free. Here it is. You ready for this? Here's the truth that's going to set you free. And I want you to let this sink in. Here's the truth. You don't have to be a prisoner for the rest of your life. You don't have to be a prisoner for the rest of your life. You don't have to be a prisoner to anxiety. You don't have to be a prisoner to poverty and lack. You don't have to be a prisoner to addiction. You don't have to be a prisoner to anger. You don't have to be a prisoner to depression and fear. The enemy would love to whisper and go, well, you're always going to struggle with fear. You're always going to be an angry person. And then it'll bring up your history. Well, you know, your dad was angry. Your grandpa was angry. You're, you're probably going to just be angry too. It makes sense, right? It's not your fault. You're just an angry person. It's not your fault. You're just an alcoholic. It's okay. It's just, you can manage it. It's not your fault. You just aren't good with money and you probably never will be. So just go have fun. Life is short, right? And he whispers all these lies to you. You don't have to be a prisoner anymore. The love of God is powerful enough to break the chains. You are not alone. You don't have to live a false life. You don't have to manage the pain forever. You don't have to float the lie. You don't have to stay addicted. You don't have to be distant with your spouse you don't have to continue the little white lies. You don't have to hide. You don't have to impress. You can be free. 
you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When that mirror is held up, and you're supposed to look into that perfect law, what does he say in the book of James? He said the perfect law of liberty, the perfect law that brings freedom, not judgment, not condemnation, but liberty. The truth that you don't have to be a prisoner anymore. The truth that there is power in relationship. That there is power in having accountability. That there is power in being a part of community. That there is power in being authentic and transparent with people who are for you. That there is power in having people who love you for you. And being around people who have the love of God in them. You've got to hang out with people who have the love of God in them. Are you hearing me this morning? The love of God breaks the chains. The love of God heals the wounds. I know you've been wounded. I know you've been chained. I know you've believed the lies, but it's time to be free. But you've got to start hanging out with people who've got the love of God in them. If you hang out with that same old crowd, you're going to still be stuck in that same old cycle. If you're always hanging out with people that are pulling and dragging you down and you don't have relationships where the love of God is present and people are pouring the love of God into you, maybe you're married to someone who's not even a believer. You need to find a relationship. If you're a woman, you need to find a woman. If you're a man, you need to find a man because if you go the other way, you're going to be tempted. You need to find someone who you can be honest with, who's going to have the love of God, who isn't going to judge you, who's going to beat you up, but somebody who is going to tell you the truth in love. Amen, somebody? You need to find those relationships where people care about you, whether it's your pastor that cares about you, whether it's somebody here on staff, whether it's a leader, whether it's someone that maybe you just admire and you want to get to know them and you want to start investing in that relationship. Someone that when you're around a man, there's just something about them. I, I guarantee you, you offer to buy them lunch or take them out for coffee, if they have the love of God in them, uh, they're probably going to say yes because they want to help. They want to be a part. They want to get to know you. But here's the deal, folks. Don't isolate. Don't stay trapped because you don't have to. Amen? You don't have to. This doesn't have to be the rest of your life caught in this cycle. Jesus has made a way where His Spirit wants to, has already made you free. But sometimes we need other people to come alongside us and help us realize that Christ has made us free. We need to be around people that have got the love of God in us. Maybe you're in a work environment where there's not a whole lot of love of God surrounding you. Then you need to make sure that you plug into friends when you're not working and plug into people and plug into things that are influencing you and feeding into you that are part of that instead of just going and oppressing ourselves with all this junk all throughout the week and church is our only outlet. We've got to find those relationships. We've got to connect with people. That's why we have community groups here at church. That's why we want people to plug into community groups and get to know each other just so you can be around people who've got the love of God to care about you. That's why we want you to get involved serving here at church, not just so you can uh, help us out because there are needs where we need volunteer places filled, but so you can get to know other people, so you can get connected relationally with someone that's got the love of God, and hopefully those relationships will spill beyond Sunday morning, where you begin to do life together, where you begin to bear one another's burdens, where we begin to truly be the church every day of our life and not just on Sunday, where this thing becomes more than just talk 
but we actually experienced a Christ-filled, Christ-centered life. Amen? And it's going to take all of us together, loving, being available, caring for one another. And I pray that you have found some truth and some hope and some direction today. Whatever the Holy Spirit gives you or leads you to do, you need to do it so you're not just a hearer of the word. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Word of Grace. For more sermons or any other information, visit wogcc.com.